0: Hey folks, good evening. Welcome to Fams of Monsters personal reports, where I narrate recent and past cryptid and unexplained sightings and encounters submitted to Fams of Monsters. Uh, I'll also detail current and past investigations. So, uh, thanks for joining me. Um, <clears throat> the Fams of Monsters radio channel is made possible by you clicking the subscribe button and by you sharing our programming, super chatting, super thanks, donations are essential for us to continue offering you our unique content. And we have a new feature available for you to show your support of Phantoms Monsters Radio. The buy me a coffee link and banner are shown below. Your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. So, uh, look, if you have questions after I read the report, uh, you can text me in the chat. And, uh, you know, I'll also take questions at the end of the presentation. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, first report was where a uh, Sudic Crimea resident relaxing on the Black Sea shoreline is suddenly accosted by three blue-skinned reptilian humanoids. He is taken to a possible off-world location uh, and he also experienced what he says about five hours of lost time. So um, in, in, his, in the statement, he said, One day in 1995 at mid-morning, a local resident of a in Crimea named Georgie walked to an embankment on the uh, Black Sea for a breath of sea air. With a goblet of beer with him, he stepped down to the sand and watched the horizon. It was a calm and beautiful day. Suddenly, something sneaked up to him from behind and put a rubber mask on his head. Georgie struggles and grabs the mask under its chin and pulls it off, thinking it's some kind of stupid prank. But in the next second, he found himself amid a huge hall. He could neither see the sea, the beach, or the sky anymore. Uh, There were huge screens on the wall, multitudes of various control panels with buttons and chairs in front of them. When he looked down, he saw what he was holding. uh, uh, When he looked down, he saw that he was holding a rubber mask resembling that of a blue reptilian monster skin like a lizard covered with warts. Now, suddenly a door opened in the wall and three monsters entered the room. These resembled very much the face of the mask that he was holding. They were tall, about two meters in height, blue in color, all covered entirely by warts. They were nude and awful in appearance. One of them approached Georgie and put his hand on his shoulder. Uh... He said it was the alien that had uh, three huge, curved, clawed fingers on its hand and said in a low, hoarse voice, Homo sapiens. Georgie could see the huge yellow fangs in its open mouth. Now, after that, seized by a terrific panic, Georgie began to scream. He jerked back, threw the mask on the floor, and ran away. He entered a corridor and passed the numerous oval doors, different screens, and instruments. Overwhelmed by fear, he ran into another room, and there he was confronted by another blue reptilian humanoid. The humanoid opened his huge arms on his sides and said, where are you running to? Now, after that, he pressed something on the wall, and Georgie saw what he called an abyss, endless space everywhere. He could see stars and beautiful scenes in space. He was trembling in fear when one of the blue reptilians approached him, took his hand and said, do not be afraid. He then accompanied the witness to the next room. In that room, he saw hundreds of reptilian humanoids standing in ranks. All were standing shoulder to shoulder and all were looking at the witness. Suddenly, they moved aside and the witness saw a beautiful woman with light hair Sleeping on a small sofa, she was totally naked. He saw her for several seconds, and after that, the blue reptilians closed ranks again, and he, she disappeared from sight. Now, the um, alien then accompanied Georgie to a screen. There were stars on the screen. The reptilian pointed with his claw at one of the stars and said, Earth. After that, he embraced the witness with his powerful three-fingered hands and said, Stay with us. We have no time and death. Terrified, Georgie could only say that he wanted to go back home, that his mother was waiting for him and begged him to let him go. The alien beings then said, well, then there's nothing there is. When there is anything you want to know, excuse me, he said, well, then is there anything that you want to know? And Georgie could only think of one thing at that point. How long will my mother live? The alien answered, as much as your age now. <laughs> After that st- star in the screen began to approach very fast and began to resemble the globe of Earth, he could see clouds. Suddenly, Georgie realized that he was standing near his house, but only in opposite direction where he had been originally left. He had been gone for five hours. He noticed a peculiar detail. The coins in his pockets began to glow with a yellowish light when he took them out. The light disappeared in the morning. Now, this was, um, this account was actually given to me by Albert Rosales. Uh, he, Albert stated that it was an interesting report involving possible reptilians abducting a human, who was the woman he reported uh, saw sleeping on the sofa. Was the woman another abductee used to lure Georgie to stay with them? Much of the information I have gathered on the reptilian species, including David Eckhart's accounts, tend to paint them as very intolerant bunch that have uh, little patience for humans, actually. As well, they uh, usually grab what they want and give little care as to what happens to those they abduct. Um, Now, by the way, they're... There are merman stories and legends throughout the regions next to the Black Sea, uh, including Crimea. I've, I've had several that have come out of Iran as well. So, um, you know, could these mermen really be reptilian beings? So I, I don't know if they're terrestrial beings or what they are, but there have been reports in the past of these mermen. Even in the Caspian Sea, so both both uh, both of these seas in the uh, in in Asia are uh, known for these type of beings. So, if you've got any questions, uh, just go ahead and put them up there, and uh, if not, we'll go on from there. I guess not. So, like I said, if you have questions afterward, go ahead and send them. Now, an Ohio witness describes an over six-foot-tall owl humanoid that he witnessed in his backyard in Lynchfield, Ohio, when he was a child. He wonders if this may have been a mothman or maybe something else. So, he states, about 20 years ago, when I was a kid, my family lived in rural Lynchfield, Ohio, one day in the afternoon, I went to the kitchen for a drink while my stepfather took a nap in his bedroom. In our backyard, we have had we had two Osage orange trees that were about seven meters tall, sitting next to each other, uh, to each other about seven five meters from the house at the edge of our property. Uh, our kitchen. Was at the back of the house, and at the end of the kitchen was a sliding glass door that led to the backyard. Now, as I looked outside through the sliding glass door into the backyard, I saw a seven-foot-tall owl, eagle-like humanoid creature standing underneath one of those sage orange trees. Now he said at the time, the tr- the tree's lower branch was taller than my stepdad, who is over six foot. Uh, keep, in mind, keep this in mind when considering the height of the creature. The creature was facing sideways to the right in my perspective and had its back to me slightly. The creature was all black and its head was slightly higher than the lowest branch of the orange tree it stood under. Now, I stared at it for a few seconds and noticed it was looking down at a spot on the ground. The longer I looked, the more frightened I began to feel I can see its wings clearly. They looked like uh, they were, say, imagining an angel's wing, what it would look like. But large black feathers and and a crest crest of the wing set slightly higher than the head level. I could also see its head, but the head was without feathers. Instead, it looked furry like a short-haired dog. As a young boy, I thought the creature was an eagle because I thought an eagle was a really big bird and I was worried that if I went outside, it would carry me away. Now, after a few moments, the creature turned towards the house and I hid under the kitchen counter as fast as I could in raw fear because I thought it noticed me somehow. Like it looked at me because I knew it was there. Um... I was worried it saw me and I would come to get it would come to get me, so I ran into my room and hid under my bed. The next day I went to the spot that I, where I had seen the creature looking down on the ground. And on the ground was a dead groundhog laying on its back. The groundhog had had its entire chest and abdominal cavity cut open in a surgical manner, right down to the middle, right down the middle and flayed open. The groundhog looked fresh and killed with no signs of decay. Nothing I could tell was visibly eaten, uh, which even as a kid I thought was odd. I played outside every day and I never saw that dead groundhog until that day. And as I grew up, I realized this was not an eagle and it was actually res- resembled a humanoid owl. Uh, but no owl nor eagle was seven foot tall. Years later, I would try to look up. What you know, what it could have been, and for a while I thought it may have been the Mothman. <laughs> I saw testimony of people who have claimed to see Mothman, and they said that uh, it had a similar features as to what I saw. Now, you know, Mothman was also sighted in Ohio, West Virginia region, which is relatively close to me, as I lived in Ohio at the time. Now, one sighting, the witness said that they they visited the spot they encountered him later on saw a deer cut open in in the same way and it saw that I had seen the groundhog. Uh, Does anyone have any information helping me to figure out what I saw? Was it a mothman owl man? Anyway, when I got this, I I, I did make some contact with the individual. Uh, This is pretty similar to some of the sightings we've gotten in that area. You know, we have had sightings uh, Mothman like creatures, uh owl humanoids, winged beings, all up and down the Ohio River Valley. And that that continues until this day. It, it, you know, people talk about the Mothman, uh the Point Pleasant Mothman. Yeah, there were a spat of sightings in sixty six and sixty seven. But honestly, there have been sightings off and on in the Ohio River Valley since that time. So um yeah, I mean, th- th- many times it doesn't involve seeing animals who have been uh or that are dead or it seems like they may be getting ready to predate on them, but I'll be honest with you, I I don't know of any any of these animals that have been reported to have been fed upon. So uh, you know, I don't know, you know, it's, it's an interesting Uh, Vincent says it sounds similar to other cattle mutilations. Do you think their creatures are like the winged humanoids in Chicago? It could be It, it very well could be. Um, I don't think, you know, with cattle mutilations, there seem to be a, other factors involved as well. Of course, pe- people see lights and stuff and a few other odd, odd activity. But, um, uh, I don't know. It could very well be related somehow. We don't know. So the next the next report was a uh, young brother and sister who uh, encounter a red minotaur-like creature in the woods around Louisville, Kentucky. Each see the beast differently, possibly being a shape-shifting entity of some type. So the... Um, So the witness states, my pop told me of an experience he had with his twin sister when they were kids. My grandmother's house was in a very forested area in the outskirts of Louisville, Kentucky. And they would walk through the woods as a shortcut in in any given direction. Now, one day when they were walking home through the woods, they reached the tree line to their backyard." In the backyard, my pop saw what he described as an all-red, six-foot-tall, half-man, bull type creature, Uh, similar to the Minotaur from Greek mythology. He said that this red creature had the upper body of a man with curved horns on its head, and the lower body had two hairy legs with hooves. He said that this monster was snorting, snarling and beating its hoof on the ground like it was going to charge him. That was that it was obviously evil and wanted to hurt them. Uh, he told my aunt that they needed to get out of there quickly, but was shocked when she said that she thought it was cute and that she wanted to pet it. My aunt was seeing the same creature, but was seeing something completely different. Uh, she said that the creature was calling for her and looked so nice and that she wanted to pet it. My pop refused and forced her away. This is the part in every scary movie that you call the the person an idiot because, you you know, a person can't really be that stupid. So my pop was never one to tell my me ghost stories. But I always... Uh, Shocked it up to that, you know, to that point, a few years after he told me I visited my aunt. And I always thought about the story and wanted my aunt to bust a story saying it was fake or a one in a million chance say that it was somehow true. Now, when I asked her about it, my pop wasn't in the room. She mirrored every single thing that my pop said. She told me everything that my pop said and everything that she saw. She described the creature being all red and cute. It was a really big WTF moment for me because I believed him. Also, because it sounded terrifying. My pop was a very logical, God-fearing man, and my aunt was a very honest and sweet woman. Uh, She was actually murdered in Los Angeles in 2016, so... Just writing about her makes me kind of emotional due to her being my pop's best friend and obviously my aunt, great aunt. My pop thinks they uh, saw two different things because, uh, they had just accepted Jesus in their life and she, and that he had accepted Jesus in his life and that she hadn't. Other than that, he, he has no idea. So they never saw this beast afterwards. Uh. It could have been some type of manifestation, of course. Um, I don't know. It, it could have very well been, I don't know, could have been some type of uh, interdimensional thing or this thing. I don't know. You know, that's an, that was an odd case. That was an odd report because um, I don't really believe I've had any Minotaur-like sightings before I could have, but I just don't remember them. So that one kind of stood out. Uh, in, another, in another report, an Australian boy and his father encounter a trio of yowie while camping in the Northern Territory in Australia. Uh, they approached in a threatening manner, and the father eventually shot at one. Now the witness states in Australia, we don't have any Bigfoot or Sasquatch, or so I thought. The Arab- the Aborigines were there believed in things called Quinkin or hairy men that are tall, maybe six and a half foot, and covered in hair. When I was about thirteen years old, my family moved from Darwin to Cairns, which uh, are very far apart, roughly three thousand kilometers of road. My little brother and mom decided to fly over, while my fo- while me and my old man just decided to road trip it. Uh, It took about four days because we stopped a lot to fish, shoot kangaroos, etc. One evening, we stopped to set up camp around the corner from a creek, far enough that the crocodiles couldn't munch on us. Uh, We decided we would sleep under the stars because Central Northern Territory doesn't get too much rain. Now that night, the moon lit up the whole shrub. Uh, you could see shooting stars in every silhouette. I went to sleep feeling comfy and, and calm in my swag with the uh, cold, dry air blowing, blowing past. So later on, I woke because I heard footsteps and rustling near our camp. I looked over at Dad, and he said, did you hear that? I was terrified. I looked up, and maybe 100 kilometers from us were three tall, hunched creatures Staring at us in our uh, in our camp, I started to really freak out. I uh, saw Dad grab his 270 and out of its case, and it was and was loading it when the thing started to slowly move towards us. And Dad, being cautious, it wasn't just people. Fired a shot into the air to warn them. Uh, a side note, he says the central northern territory is scary because a lot of people have been just straight up bushwhacked there so he can understand his caution. They ignored Dad and and kept coming faster. He bolted in a new round and said, Oi, stop, and fired at one of the creatures. It slumped and ran off with the other two into the shrub. Uh, My heart was pounding, and I was paralyzed with fear. Dad came back and said uh, to get some sleep and then turn on he turned on the floodlights on the old locks and sat up the rest of the night. Now, I didn't sleep that night. Uh, I don't know what I saw, but it wasn't human. Uh, I do a fair bit of cattle uh, work on cattle stations around North Queensland, and to do this day, I refuse to sleep outside of a locked worker's quarters. So that's my story, of the hairy men, and um, it, that does sound like it. That does sound like a yowie. Uh, encounter, maybe somewhat more aggressive than what we normally hear. Uh, but who knows? Um, uh, Lisa Carson asks, I thought these were interviews. Is he just reading random encounters? Uh, you know, sometimes I, I have encounters uh, to read, and sometimes I have a, uh, interviews that i'm getting involved with you know I'm, I'm gonna actually do a whole lot of different things in these series so uh you know we have cases and such and uh occasionally i will do an actual case or read um uh, the, uh, the interviews and the cases so the uh next the next report Several younger members of a family living in rural eastern Tennessee encountered what could only be described as a Mothman. The incident has fairly affected the family for over a decade. Uh, now I received this, uh, and like all these cases, I've, I've had them forward to me, or I've, um, or you know, I have talked to the witnesses. So it was the witness states that once, when my family and I were living with my aunt and. Her family in Mc- McMinn County, Tennessee, my brother and older cousins swear they saw the Mothman. Now, my aunt, uncle, mom were going to the store around 8 p.m. one night, and I, not wanting to be stuck in the house with my brother, male cousin, and their two male friends went with the adults. We, uh, we had been gone at most two hours, and when we pulled into the driveway, all four boys sprinted out of the house, terrified. Two of them had shotguns, and immediately our parents demanded to know what had happened. This group of boys from the ages of 10 to 14 were in tears, all trying to explain at once. Eventually, we got them to calm down enough to understand what they were saying. Now, for reference, my aunt and uncle's home is in a very rural area in the Appalachian Mountains. They have a bit of woods and a creek we can see from the back porch, and there's a fire pit halfway between the porch and the creek. So anyway, the boys said they um, opened the sliding black, black excuse me sliding back door and sat with their feet hanging out because they wanted to the breeze. Uh, then my uh, brother noticed two red eyes glowing in the dark. All being hunters, they weren't frightened at first, thinking it might be an animal. But then they looked harder uh, than they knew it wasn't. It was shaped like a large man. It had casually leaned against the tree it was standing next to and waved. The boys started to freak out, and right before two of them went to get their guns, it jumped and revealed large wings that spanned the width of its arms. And it flew, mere feet above the ground, to, this, to stand by the fire pit. My brother said he didn't move and that he and the creature locked eyes and he was paralyzed. Now, by the time our cousin and their friend came back with the uh, dual shotguns, it was gone. My brother said it was it was there and in the blink of an eye, it just wasn't. They they took this as a good sign and closed the back door and huddled in the living room till parents got back. Now, mind you, these boys don't scare easily. They've been hunting most of their lives. They killed deer, bears, wild boar—pretty much any animal uh, that could kill you ten times over. Uh, these boys were more were mortified. I'm I'm not sure if any of them even slept that night. They they weren't all right for a few weeks after that. Uh, it's been almost ten years since this happened, and to this day, both my brother and her cousin won't joke about it. They get nervous any time it's brought up and demand that we please do not talk about. it. Any moonshining going on? Possibly. Uh, I don't know. That wasn't part of the story, so I don't know. (laughs) Uh, A Creek Indian father and his son check out a ruckus one night among their cattle. They later stake out the area and discover a bigfoot that the father believes is a a legendary man eater. Um. Now, this was, this was sent directly to me. Hello, sir. A friend of mine related this story to me a few years ago while we were bow hunting in Garfield County, Oklahoma. Our friend is Half Creek Indian. His father is full blood and his mother was of Irish descent. His family lived on a farm way out in Osage County. His father owned some land land back west in Garfield County, but the ground wasn't producing wheat very well, so they leased the place out into the sides to run cattle on. They had a quarter section of open meadow that was used for their feed and a quarter section of densely wooded land. The wooded area almost surrounded the entire area. Now, before daylight, one October morning, my friend woke with a start to his father's voice, telling him to get up immediately and get dressed. He reluctantly obeyed. He walked into the kitchen where his father already had a carbide light lit and was waiting at the door. His father shoved the light at my friend's hand and at the same time handed him a 3030. Something's running the cattle. His father had the lantern and a 30 odd six. Now this was the early 1930s before flashlights were commonplace. Now, walking at a brisk pace, they headed in the direction the cattle were moving away from. They crossed the fence and walked on the outside in case the cattle were flushing towards them. They were getting ready to round the corner of the fencing when something caught their eye. A tuft of reddish-brown fur on the top strand of the five-stranded barbed wire fence. As they approached, they could barely see some blood on the ground on both sides of the fence. They were preparing to head into the edge when they heard a uh, heavy thud. Ten yards in front of them, the remains of a calf lay on the ground. His dad detected movement behind a tree. He raised his rifle and fired. Something large and brown stood on two legs and ran off through the bush uh, toward the back property. They listened to it until it was no longer audible. Now, his father put out his lantern and swore. The almost ran back to the house. At daybreak, his mother was sent into town and told to stay there with a friend until they came for her. Now, just before nightfall, they both climbed a big oak about 30 yards from the house. They waited. Sure enough, about an hour after dark, something started moving in. They could hear it walking in behind them. Now, every now and again, they could hear it stop and sort of snort like it was smelling the air. The night had become overcast and a little breeze had kicked up. They waited. Soon, they could make out a dark figure breaking the tree line about 25 yards away. It stopped, raised up on two legs, and sniffed the air. It was barely visible in the inky blackness. His dad had given him very specific instructions not to shoot anything until they knew for sure what it was. The creature approached the house and peered into one of the windows. After a moment, it dropped down on all fours and moved over to the next window where it stood up on two legs and peered in again. This time, my friend caught a good look at a, this, at it silhouetted against the, the window. It was six to seven feet tall and was way wider than a 24-inch window. It had virtually no neck, more like a large bump between its shoulders. It had dark brown hair like cinnamon black bear. My friend raised his rifle, and his father pushed the gun down slowly and solemnly shook his head. After what seemed like forever, the creature moved into the woods. They waited until dawn to, to climb down. His father told him of a wood spirit, they would come and carry all children from the tribe in the night his father believed that this was one of them They packed a few belongings hitched the horses and drove a few cattle away my friend never saw that farm again many years later his father explained that the creature they had seen was smart or violent and terrible his father couldn't remember what it was called in creek though my friend told me that to this day, he'll never get his father's words. My son, never, ever shoot at that creature. It will kill you. Now, every time I remember this story, I still get goosebumps. I decided to do a little internet research and found a creek legend about a man-eating hairy gorilla-like creature called Kolowa. And um, I, I checked it as well. And the, yeah, the Koloa is is a, a creek legend it's actually the cloa means tall man so um apparently that um maybe this is what they saw i don't know but that's quite an interesting story i um you know in that part osage county actually is pretty has a lot of bigfoot sightings and it has for many years is well known for bigfoot sightings um Vincent wants to know, do you think the Sasquatch are supernatural beings? Yeah, I I, I think they can be. Um, I I think when you, now when you see supernatural, I, I think there's a possibility that some may be interdimensional beings. Is that supernatural? Sure, it could be. But I think they are flesh and blood. Um. Many of the uh, indigenous people thought the Bigfoot or the hairy man or whatever you want to call it were were spirits. Uh, especially, and I, I know from the local tribes from this area here in Pennsylvania, uh, the Shawnee and the uh, the Delaware thought that they were um, that they were some type of wood spirit or such. So, uh, yeah. I, I think you know supernatural in that degree. Yeah, absolutely. Have you heard of other man-eating Bigfoot creatures? There have been there have been rumors. Uh, occasionally, uh, you hear about something like that, uh, especially older stories, where groups of Bigfoot may uh, may attack a logging camp or a mining camp that has happened or supposedly it happened in the past. We've heard stories of Bigfoot chasing people out of their territory. Uh, Would the attack kill and devour a human? I don't know. You know, I don't think we really have any evidence that that has happened, but uh, you know, it's a thought. Anybody else got any questions? Do you think the four one missing four one one could be Bigfoot? I don't know. you know early on when David Pilates started talking about the missing four one one, I thought a lot of it could have been Bigfoot. but as time has gone on, I believe I, I believe there there are other factors involved. Um, portals of some type opening up, uh, people just disappearing. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that there's some type of being uh, taking people. Uh, is it extraterrestrial abduction of some type? Possibly. I, I think there are a lot of possibilities. But... So, um, any other questions? Missing 411 equals dog man. I don't know. I don't know about that. So, okay. Well, look folks, this week we have a really interesting show on Friday. We have uh Lee Hanfold going to be on. He's um he owns a property along Bray Road in near Elkhorn, uh, Wisconsin, of course, the beast of Bray Road. And he has had a lot of evidence and a few strange experiences. And, uh, he's going to talk about that. Eric Mintel of Bucks County paranormal is going to be joining us because he has been out there lately and been doing some work. So it should be quite an interesting show. Now, As always, if you have an unexplained encounter or sighting, feel free to contact me directly at lawnstrickler, or through the Phantoms of Monsters blog site. Also, if you would like your encounter setting considered for the show or post on the Phantoms of Monsters blog site, please forward to my email. Uh, thanks to each of all of you for watching and chatting. And uh, you know, your support is very much appreciated. And, uh, please click the subscribe and like buttons. And, uh, also consider becoming a member of Famous Monsters Radio. we got a lot of things that we're planning to start up with this channel. Um, a lot of different perks as time goes on. Uh, as we grow, then we're allowed to do more and more on the channel. So the more support we get, the more subscribers we get, the, the faster we can do these things. So again, uh, Until next time, stay safe and have a great week. Good night.